0: Welcome to the 3 Nil podcast. Fair warning. This episode may include talks of adult themes, bad language, and football. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the second season, that's it, the second season, we've somehow managed to make it through the first season, I've no idea how, um, but yeah, the second season and the first episode of the 3-0 podcast, um, today I'm joined with Ethan, and only Ethan, because Chuck is, well, he's away and he might be away for a while, so yeah, but hello Ethan.
1: Hello, I'm here, yes, I. everyone's going to deal with me and you, and unfortunately no Charles for a while, but it's fine, he's not dead. He's not in poor health, he's just busy. So, we're going to go and try and take up the slack while he's not here.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this will probably be a theme from now on, to be honest, in terms of like there, it's more than likely be two of us at, at least, obviously. Um, yeah. But then, because there'll be times when I'm not free, unfortunately, as well, and times when Ethan's not free, and et cetera, et cetera. But, um, but yeah, obviously, we're working through it because we all have busy lives as well. Um, Sadly, so, exactly. yeah. COVID's
1: gone away and we have social lives again. So, yeah. <laughs> we have this much time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah um we do have three points today um we do and i mean one of them we're going to just quickly recap the 2020 euros because i mean that's that's the plan and we are thinking about rather than saying each point uh per time you go to say the point we are wondering if it'd be better for you guys if we actually say all the points now as in say what they are and then go through it um so let us know what you guys think um we will keep it as the format as we have it at the moment um but let us know obviously if you're here and uh message to socials or whatever, on Instagram or whatever. And uh yeah, let's know. Anyway, Euros. Yes. It it, it didn't come home, did it, Matt? <laughs> no, no. No, it didn't. It didn't. I wasn't expecting it to, to be honest. But, I mean...
1: I, I don't know. I mean, the, 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 those first, like, 10, 15 minutes, I thought, you know, as, like, as soon as Luke Shaw, like, w- like, smacked in his goal, I was like, shit, it might actually happen. Like Like, England might actually win a tournament and then... We slowly and slowly became more and more and more like England, didn't we? we yeah. Just, we, just, we just fell back into the same old rhythms of defend, defend, defend and not much Wait, else. I can
0: tell you exactly what it was. It was just the, the hype from the crowd wore off. Even though the crowd was yeah. so brilliant, the players were like, okay, we're here, we're pumped, we're ready to go. And then that, yeah. it, I mean, it happened in the last couple of games as well when we were Wembley, didn't it? We started really well and then calmed down and got into the game a bit. Like, I also got yeah. settled in the game. Um so I think that's exactly what happened. I mean, fair play to Italy. I mean, they were solid through the entire tournament. I'm not saying we weren't, to be honest.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I think um, both, both, both teams were equally as good. I, I'd say Italy had the harder run than we did. Um, you know, obviously, they played teams mm-hmm. like Belgium and, and um, Spain as well and they beat both those teams. But, yeah when when it came to it, I mean it just unfortunately they have a better team and they have a better manager and mm. 9 times yeah. out of 10 in, in, in unless you perform like really outperform what, what you can do which England didn't mm. do on the day um you're going to lose and yeah I mean as soon as it got to that penalty shootout I was I, I was dreading it just because like as everyone who listens to the podcast knows I'm a United fan um mm. the Europa League final ended in a penalty shootout which we ended up losing 11-10 <laughs> um in, in in the summer yeah so yeah, yeah. after that 11 10 loss we got the penalties
0: and i was like Fuck's sake so I can't, I can't do it again like yeah 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 it, i mean i i think the one thing that you can pin it down i we played well we played very well the entire game um i think we mm-hmm. played to our strengths to be honest uh by comparison yeah. to italy um or in in a response to it, i should say but i think i think the one thing that really screwed it for us was that southgate what do you want to tell me the subs that he brought? Um, I have, just before I've have,
1: I have got them here, so yeah, just before do
0: you remember the subs that he brought on? Yeah, I remember so, one being...
1: so he, he, he sure. decided to bring on, um, two very, very well, say very young, but they're still quite two quite young players in Marcus Rashford and Jaden Sancho mm-hmm. in the 120th minute.
0: Yeah, and he brought that them was... on specifically to take a penalty. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just such a rookie error from any manager, like. I, yeah. I know Southgate has, to be fair, he's done very well in this tournament yeah. with, the, with the squad that he's got, even though we sh- we should be winning something at some point
1: <laughs> yeah, with this squad. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Um,
0: he's done very well in this squad. I, I, he, he exceeded expectations for me. Um, mm, definitely. But I think that is a rookie area and he does show. he's just shown his experience there because you don't do that at any tournament, at any final. You don't do that. And this is maybe a friendly, um, but even exactly. then, I'd say probably not um, because it just puts 10 times extra pressure on the player that's going to take that penalty because yeah. they haven't kicked the ball in over 120 minutes, so they're you know they're not warmed up in a sense mm. with a football. Um, and yeah, it just it just yeah. adds so much extra pressure. If you're sitting there on the on the bench and you're thinking, okay, manager's going to put me on to take this penalty, I have to score this. That's all you're yeah. going to be thinking about. And a majority of the a majority of the penalty takers just keep it simple, don't they? And if they keep it simple, they score. Like like Harry Maguire, for example, his penalty yes. beautiful.
1: Yes, he. He does. I think that's one player that's just. just I'm digress on the point of the penalties, but Harry Maguire deserves a big, big praise from any any England fan who before this tournament was like Harry Maguire. I mean, fair enough, he's not worth 80 million pounds. I don't think any centre half's worth 80 million pounds <laughs> in the world. But mm. everyone's saying he's he's a shit centre half. He's you know he's League Two level. He showed in this tournament like he was in the UEFA team of the tournament despite missing the first two games of the tournament. Yeah, he was England's mm. best defender. I'd say throughout the entire tournament, and then he steps up in. The first, well, England's only opponent to shoot out in a final, but you know, one of one of the biggest games of England's entire history, mm. and just absolutely fucking leathers it into the top corner so hard it smashes the TV camera. Like, yep. I don't it literally think breaks heard, it though. Yeah, I don't think I've heard any. Mm. Like, I don't think I've seen anything more like fucking Brexit. Like, you know, fucking have it, <laughs> hit it as hard as he can than that, and, and yeah. he did it perfectly as well. I was like, mm. Don Room is a big, big, big keeper. And Maguire was like, yeah, fuck you. There you go, top bins. Mm. See you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the I mean, halfway line.
0: Yeah, there was a discussion in our group chat, wasn't there, at the time saying, yeah. I don't get why... Like, someone said, I don't get why professional footballers don't do that more often, just yeah. smash at top bins because it's just so much less likely. But I mean, yeah. it's such a high risk because if you just oh, yeah. slightly mishit that, that's going flying or skewing wide. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, But that just does just show the skill and the confidence we've had to take it on. So, um, Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. But I know Grealish I, uh, put his name down for the penalty as well and I know a few others did that were older than yeah, Saka I think, as well. Yeah, because Saka it, it, was the it, one that took it. That wasn't I a think
1: recent sub anyway. so. Yeah, I, I think Southgate's got too far in his own head. I think a few of the substitutions we made, because obviously we after he really scored their equaliser, we then switched from the the, the, the the back five or the back three, however you want to refer to it as, to a 4-3-3. Mm-hmm. Three, three. Again, we switched systems. Yep. Um. However, I think we were way too late making our subs. Like Our first substitute we made I think mm. it wasn't until the um, 70th minute, until that, that was taken off Trippier and bringing on Bakayo Saka. You know, Rice came off in the 74th minute, and then Henderson came on, you know. We didn't really bring on, Bob. maybe Bakayo Saka, but not really call him a major game change. He's had a few good games bringing them, but he's not like mm. the level of players like Grealish, like Sancho, like Rashford. Like, Grealish didn't come on until extra time in the 99th minute. Yeah, but I, I mean, I
0: think- we know Gareth Southgate isn't a big fan of Grealish. So but,
1: no matter but what he says in the
0: press, it just shows yeah. by his managerial decisions.
1: But yeah, it, in games like this, you just know that, especially because when we switched to that 4-3-3 again and towards the end, especially towards the end of the second half and extra time, we were back on top again. We, we were putting it under a lot of pressure. Mm. We weren't really doing much with the pressure, I'll be honest. We, we didn't have too many made, like out-and-out out chances. We had, we, had, we, had a, we had a few chances... But I just think that if you'd have brought on Grealish, you'd brought on that, those game-changing players. Say 10, 15 minutes earlier, we might have actually nicked that goal that might have made it not go to penalties. Or if not, and we still, and we still got to penalties, at least players like Sancho, like Rashford, would have been actually warmed up and you know in like game mode rather than yeah. having
0: just pitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you'd at least you probably need at least maybe 20 minutes or so of game yeah. of game time to be. Well, in the at least in the right mentality to, yeah, to take exactly. a penalty. So um. So
1: yeah I, mean. yeah. I also want to point out is just mm. both goalkeepers. I think both goalkeepers are amazing in the penalty shoot. Like Pickford, yeah. fucking hell, that, that 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 bloke is anyone who says mm. Pickford isn't a good goalkeeper. Like you might be a bit dodgy, you might be inconsistent, but my god, when the pressure's on, mm. that bloke turns up and. That, that save for Jorginho's penalty, I thought was absolutely amazing. Like, yeah, that's not that true. People don't save mm. Jorginho penalties and the pressure was mm. on and he fucking saved mm. it. And Fair yeah. play. And, and that, that's very true. That, that penalty,
0: like you say, that, that penalty for Jorginho, yeah. <laughs> when he stepped up to take it, obviously, I can't remember, I think we missed beforehand, didn't we? Oh, it was yeah, saved. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's it, we've lost. We've lost. And then yeah, he exactly. goes and saves it. Well, he tipped onto the post, didn't he, I think. Yeah,
1: he tipped onto um, the post when it stayed out, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I, I was just like, okay, we're back in it. <laughs> I thought we lost, but yeah.
1: And then unfortunately, Saka turned up and Saka also missed. I mean, again, fair play to Gigi Donnarumma. Like, he's a mm. 22-year-old. You know, he stepped into some of the biggest shoes in world football of the, you know, Gianluigi Buffon. Sorry, Gianluigi. Gianluca. Um, no, I can't say his name anymore. Buffon. What's Buffon's first name? It's Gianluigi. It's, it's Gianluigi, it Gianluigi because
0: uh, Buffon, Donnarumma yeah. have the same first name. Yeah, I'm it, pretty it, sure it's, Donnarumma it's, was named after but anyway.
1: Probably, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> obviously Donnarumma steps into Buffon's shoes and he's done amazingly. Obviously, he won their first tournament since 2006. So fair play with Italy, but. Like I said in our group chat, who, who wants to win the Euros anyway? We want to win the World Cup? Well, the World Cup's a big tournament we want to win. Mm, Let, yeah. Let's go for that Qatar World Cup. We're going to win that one instead.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, we, I think I think the World Cup's the perfect time for us. It just depends if other teams strengthen within that time. Yeah. Because um, I know we definitely will. Because we the only way is up. Um, like exactly. the only noticeable person in this team that is going to age quicker than everyone. Well, sorry, I said it's two actually. That's going mean, to age quicker than everyone else. Everyone's um, in the way to the same rate, but you know what I mean? No, yeah, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it <laughs> yeah. Probably, yeah. it's probably Maguire and Kane, isn't it? Because they're on the edge of their 20s, I mean, so... Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Maguire and Kane will be 30,
1: maybe, 29, 30, but... I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the only player who's really going to be old is Henderson, I think. Henderson will be 32, but yeah, but then, he's not, not too old.
0: He, he's... Yeah. I mean, it's pretty clear that Rice and Phillips is, is going to be our partnership oh, yeah. for at least the next four years, right. I'd say. Yeah. I can imagine that, so, like...
1: I, I, I don't know how much Harry Maguire is going to be affected by his age because it's not like he re- really relies on pace or anything anyway. Yeah, so. that's
0: the thing. I mean, he could, could go yeah. for another, well, seven years maybe, so. Yeah. Yeah. Until he's about
1: yeah. 36, 37. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. so. Hopefully he's pulling up penalties like that for the rest of his career. But um, mm. I think that's pretty much going to wrap up the uh, Italy versus England game, isn't it? Um, I don't know if there's much I we can say apart from that. I mean, it's been blown over the news it's you know it's it's, it's almost old news by the time we're getting to it now but we thought we'd best mm. give it a little bit of a wrap up before we uh move on to season two i'm guessing season two sort of starts starts after this point
0: yeah uh, it, it kind of does i mean we kind of we couldn't really do this by ourselves it'd be about 15 yeah. minutes so
1: so um yeah exactly
0: so so, so yeah we, we kind of had to mention this quickly didn't we so so yeah. yeah definitely yeah okay that's going to be the end of the point then we're going to an ad break quick
2: Are you or your company looking for someone to help get your name out? To get your product known to as many people as possible, then why not get in contact with us, the 3Nil Podcast, through our email, 3 at gmail.com. And you can have your ad in this part of our podcast.
1: Do you love listening to podcasts, but hate adverts interrupting what you're listening to, then why not consider subscribing to our Patreon at The3nil Podcast for an ad free version of the pod in addition to early access to the episodes. For just £3 a month, you can get all that plus more. Please consider subscribing to the 3 Podcast on Patreon. Welcome back everyone to The3nil Podcast. Thank you for listening to that short ad break as we have now Told everyone that this is now season two of the 3 podcast, and the first point of season two is mine. I have taken it obviously, the the main man himself. I have taken the point. Um,
0: well, this is, this is, this is technically like the second point, it's the second point of this episode,
1: second point of the episode, but I'd say the first point post 2020, <laughs> yeah, 2021. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, right, but yeah,
0: yeah. Anyway, to
1: that. Enough yeah. of the semantics. Um, my mm-hmm. point is going to be let's say a european point let's you know let's let, let's sail the boat out all the way to um to the you know the the italian coast
0: okay what well, what boat is it because it might sink
1: um it's not the costa concordia so you know we, we, we're good in that sense so there's that's going to sink and it, and it's not a little dinghy that's coming from calais either so right, the boat's okay. pretty sturdy um although there's a lot of you know absolute madness which is going on in it um <laughs> so to, to set the scene, um, the best way to set the scene, I think, is to look at the end of the 2020-21 season. So Serie A, obviously, Inter win their first league title in about 10-11 years. Um, their first league title since um, Jose was at the club. Um, Conte, obviously, has won trophies mm. everywhere, won trophies with Juventus. Um no mistake, that's two wins. Chelsea managers. Just exactly, saying. two Chelsea managers won titles, they perfect mm. gone in Italy won titles. Mm. Uh, Conte, um, in his second season at Inter, wins uh, the Serie A, You know, it's absolutely ecstatic. They win it by, i not say a landslide, they're about 11 or 12 points clear. Um, You know, amazing. Everyone thinks everything's going amazingly, you know, Um, apart from Juventus fans. Juventus just about make it into the top four. I'm sure everyone was aware last season that, you know, Juventus were in a really, really tight situation. Um, On the final day of the season, they managed to get to top four um, and finish in fourth place. Obviously, As everyone is probably also aware, Andrea Pirlo, the uh, Juventus manager at the time, was sacked at the end of the season. He was relieved of his duties. Mm, Another ex player manager. Exactly. Ex player to manage
0: the club, sorry, I should say. Yes, and
1: this is when the the madness starts. So if I show you the managerial outgoing, so the the first outgoing, like we've mentioned, um, well, the first outgoing was actually before Andrea Pirlo, was um, Gennaro Gattuso. So the the mad bulldog himself, Leonardo Gattuso, um left Napoli at the end of his um, at the end of his contract on the twenty-third of May by mutual consent. Um he then joined Fiorentina. Um he was at Fiorentina for a week before he decided to leave the club. Um, what, wait, 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 what? Yeah. He, 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 he was literally at Fiorentina. He 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 joined the club on the twenty-third of May, uh, Gattuso did. Um and he then left the club on the seventeenth um, of June. Um, and that was actually, he left the club two weeks before his contract was due to begin on the 1st of July. That's hilarious. So how? how? To, how is, do you know um, how? So As far as I'm aware, he just had um, a disagreement with uh, Fiorentina. There's not too, I think they said too much uh, about why he decided to leave, but I'm uh, just looking at here, it says they decided not to follow the previous agreements to start the season. They said, I think they pretty much is disagreement over strategy and the resources. So I think Gattuso expected more money than he got. So he was expecting more money than he got and went, nah, Mm. not doing
0: it. See you later. Right, okay. So So it was all looking good until it got down to the dough. Exactly. Or he turned up to the training ground and was like, fuck this shit. (laughs) Could well possibly be that.
1: This is is not the Fiorentina of the 90s. This is a very different Mm. Fiorentina team. But yeah, yeah, so starting off with Gattuso leaves Napoli, joins Fiorentina. Two weeks later, leaves Fiorentina. Then you've also got Antonio Conte. So Conte won the Serie A for the first time for Inter for ten like 10 years, you know. Absolute hero. Has a massive falling out with the board. Um, The Chinese owners of Inter Milan are uh, not very happy with Conte. You know, his his transfer strategy is not something they want. Um His transfer strategy pretty much was, as you probably are aware, buying players mm-hmm. like Ashley Young and Victor Moses and getting those sort of players in. Um He then decides to leave Inter. So he's won a league title. He then leaves Inter. So now you've got Napoli without a coach, Fiorentina without a coach, and Inter Milan without a coach. You've got three <laughs> clubs now in Italy without a coach within the space Jeez. of months. Yeah. Bear in mind, Napoli finished in fifth. They missed out on Champions League by one point. And Inter won the league, and those managers are gone. Um, if anyone follows Italian football, um, quite an interesting appointment. Um, uh, Luciano Spalletti, um, ex Inter Milan manager, actually Inter Milan manager, ex Roma manager, ex Zenit Saint Petersburg manager, comes into Napoli to replace Gennaro Gattuso. So this is again a, one of the great managers of modern modern Italian football comes back. Uh, I don't think he'd managed a club since Zenit back in um, 2019. So. Um, while this is all going on, Juventus have sacked their manager Andrea Pirlo. Roma have sacked their manager Paolo Fonseca, uh, and also Lazio have had their manager Simone Inzaghi sorry Inzaghi poached from them by Inter. So this is this is all starting to get confusing now. But okay, it's like oh I'm going here and I'm going there. Oh, pretty, pretty much it is. Yeah. So Catuso's left Napoli. He's then got to Fiorentina. He's then left Fiorentina. Spalletti has came into Napoli. So, so, Nap- so Napoli are now managed by Spalletti when they were managed by Gattuso. Inter Milan did have Conte. They've now poached Lazio's manager, Simone Inzaghi. Um Lazio fans are not very happy about that. Paolo Fonseca has left Roma and Jose Mellinio has came in. Juventus have sacked Andrea Pirlo and then ex-Juventus manager, Massimo Allegri, has come into Juventus. So every single major top four, top five club, baby bar AC Milan and Atlanta, have all sacked their managers and got new managers in currently. Um, just to read out, uh, currently the list of managers who are uh, managing in the City This is why I keep telling everyone I speak to to watch the City next season. Um, if you try, it'll be very difficult because the City I still haven't agreed a um, UK podcast broadcast partner yet, but hopefully before the season starts, they'll have one. Um, I'm sure there'll be through. some stream. Yes. They'll have some sort of podcast partnership. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Atalanta is still managed by uh, Jean-Pierre Gasperini. Um, You know he's done an amazing job of Atalanta, and he's a brilliant, brilliant manager. Um, Going through, so yeah, you've got Inter Milan managed by Simone Inzaghi. uh, Inzaghi, I keep saying Inzaghi. Simone Inzaghi, exactly. Ex-Lazio, yeah, yeah, Inzaghi. Ex- uh, sorry, ex-Lazio manager is now managing Inter. You then got Massimiliano Allegri managing Juventus. The ex-Juventus manager who's come back. You've then got Maurizio Sarri is now Lazio manager. So the ex-Chelsea and Juve manager is now managing Lazio. Mm. Um, Stefano Pioli is still manager of AC Milan. Obviously, AC Milan had an amazing season last season. They were first in the Serie yeah, A pretty much until January when they all fell apart. You then got Napoli managed by Luciano Spalletti. You then got Roma managed by Jose Mourinho. Um, and do you remember the old Italian before the Thiago Motta, Matt?
0: I did do. Ring a bell? I He yep.
1: is now actually manager of Spezia.
0: But was he? So- I want to say PSG for a bit. Yeah, he played for PSG.
1: Yeah. He managed a few of the under 21 teams. And now he's. He played with David bit, Beckham, yeah.
0: didn't he? That was it. He was in that yeah, era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. did, he did. Yeah.
1: So now, if, if, if anyone's a football fan of, you know, um, if anyone's a fan of like Italian football in the 90s going through to now, managers, you've got Gian Piero Gasperini, Sinicia Mihailovic, who's a Italian football le- legend. You've also got Simone Inzaghi, Massimiliano Allegri, Maurizio Sarri, Stefano Pioli, Luciano Spalletti... Jose Mourinho and new York and coming manager Thiago Mota all in one Serie A season. And every single one of those managers, Bar, Gasparini and, um, and um, Stefano Pioli, have all joined this season. So if anyone wants to watch uh, a league that isn't the Premier League this season, watch the Serie A. Because you're going to have fucking Inzaghi, Sarri, Allegri, Jose, Spalletti, everyone just fighting it out. That top four space and, and again the, the the top four in Italy is probably the most open it's ever been like mm. you've seen it Juve have lost that dominance last season that they had for years Um they've also got Allegri back in but there's no guarantee they're going to win the league Atalanta were ridiculously strong Milan had a very close season last season you've then got Inter have got a new manager Lazio have got a new manager even the Roma who um only finished seventh last season have got a chance in the Jose so it is going to be an absolute madness of a Serie A season so yeah
0: I, I can almost guarantee one of those managers will get sacked within the first six months just because there's only so many teams that can be that high up the table. <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. They're, and and as far as I'm aware, most of those managers aren't necessarily the most level-headed people in the world either. Like, mm. there's quite a few fiery personalities in there. Like, you know, nobody expected Jose was going to Roma, and that was one of the first announcements. I mean... I'm a I'm a Lazio fan when it comes to Italian football, and I was devastated that Simone Anzaghi left. But I probably, if I was going to take anyone to replace him at Lazio, I mean, Salvi is not a bad option to have.
0: So um, I, I was, when Sorry came to Chelsea, I was really, really unsure because at the same hmm. time, Emery was linked with Arsenal. And I was looking yeah. at the highlights and how the both both teams played from Emery's team and Sarri's team. And I preferred yeah. Emery. Um, yeah. But now, looking back at the Chelsea team and what we've achieved in that time since he's been at the club. Yeah. Um, I think is it three trophies it's definitely two it's the Red League and Champions League but um, yeah. I think it might have won a League Cup in between I honestly can't remember that um, but the, you can still see part of the Sari system that's been adapted it's clearly been adapted into the, yeah. into the game we play today um, because it was the first coach that we've had that generally focused on on possession football um, well, yeah, that, actually brought Jorginho in. So. That is Sari's entire system. I mean, he, mm.
1: there's there's a story the other day. Um, obviously, Lazio is starting to get into the new training regime that um, Sarri implements at, at the clubs. Um, he actually brought one of his old Napoli players, um, Hisai, uh, the Albanian fullback. I don't know if you remember him. Um, it doesn't say his name right, but it's H-Y-S-A-J is his name. Hi, Saj. Yeah, Hi, Saj. Hisai, Hi, Saj, <laughs> yeah. He he brought him on a free transfer Napoli to Lazio. And uh, apparently in a training session the other day, uh, he says played a uh long ball over the top in the air. Uh to which Shari just shouted at him saying, If I see another fucking long ball, I'm gonna award the other team a penalty. So that is going to be a sign <laughs> of the football that um are play, which is com- it's, it's a completely different game. Like Lazio have been playing a you know, a a three-five two system under Simone mm. and Zagi. And now they're going into the four three three possession style under sari So it'll be a big, big transition, but if he can pull it off, he's got the firepower at Lazio. You know, we've still got Milinkovic-Savic, still got Luis Alberto, still got Chiro Mobley. Lazio could be a real, real, real power under Sadi, and I mean, every other team in in the Serie A could also be a, an absolute power. So, yeah, keep keep your eyes and ears peeled for the for the Serie A next season. It'll be a very interesting title race, and mm. hopefully, Lazio can get top four because they're my team in Italy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, to clarify for those of you that might be listening to this later on in the years to come. That is the yeah. 2021 2022 season. Um, yes, it is. So, so yeah.
1: I'm sure um, if you if you come back in a couple of years to this episode, if, you, if you're listening from you know 2022 or onwards, you probably are well aware of how this season turned out. So, you know, mm. it could have been an absolute fucking car crash. It could have been one of the greatest seasons in Italian football. Who knows? Yeah, that's the, yeah. That's that, that, that's the beauty of it. I think.
0: I think it'll be a bit of both, to be honest. <laughs> probably.
1: I, yeah. I definitely want to see Jose try and have a fight with at least one of these managers oh, I've yeah. got a feeling Jose and Nzaghi or Jose and Spalletti are definitely going to get come to blows at some point because mm. Spalletti especially is not a man known for being very calm and neither is Jose anymore
0: No Yeah Exactly Exactly but Yeah Is that going to be end of this point as well
1: then? Yeah that's the end the end of my point I think if you go into a short ad break and then we'll go into the third point
2: Yep Cool Cool Are you or your company looking for someone to help get your name out, to get your product known to as many people as possible? Then why not get in contact with us, the Free Nil Podcast, through our email, at gmail.com. and you can have your ad in this part of our podcast. <laughs>
1: Do you love listening to podcasts, but hate adverts interrupting what you're listening to? Then why not consider subscribing to our Patreon at The 3.0 Podcasts for an ad-free version of the pod in addition to early access to the episodes. For just £3 a month, you can get all that plus more. Please consider subscribing to The 3.0 Podcast on Patreon.
0: Hello and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 1 of The 3.0 Podcast. This time we're in our third point and final point and uh Yeah, I'm here with Ethan. Hello, Ethan again. Um, Yeah, Youth Academies. So I want to explain what Youth Academies are to all of you, because I know some people know what they are. I'd expect a majority of football fans know what they are, at least know of them. Um, But I kind of want to explain them in a bit more depth, to be honest, um, because they are, I mean, most premiership footballers and most, well, any footballer you come across, more often than not, has come through youth academy. There's very, very few, few footballers that have come that hasn't come through a youth academy at some point. Uh, the only mm-hmm. one that comes to mind for me is maybe J- Jamie Vardy because he wasn't technically a youth academy came from. He was playing Sunday league football until yeah, he then yeah. got lucky and scouted and whatever and came through that way. Um, so, so yeah. I mean, I'm just going to say the different parts of the youth academies now because uh, I mean, more often than not, well, every every youth academy is attached to an actual football club. So, for example, you have Chelsea and then you have their youth academy. Um, so every single premiership club has a youth academy. Um, and I'm pretty sure up at, down to League Two, they all have youth academies. So I'd be very surprised if they don't. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, even Aldershot, who are in Conference Conference South, I think, they have a youth academy. So and they're, they're my yeah. most locals. Um, so, yeah, almost every single football team that you can think of probably has a youth academy. Um, but, yeah, so it's attached to part of the club. So that's part of it. I mean, a youth academy is part of a club. Then you have facilities um, such as a training ground um, and obviously training areas as well. Um, So not all training grounds are just um, football pitches and stuff. You'd have the gyms and swimming pools and other equipment and areas where the youth youth teams and youth academies would train at. Um, But also more often than not, their home pitch is not the stadium that the main team plays. Um, So I know for a fact that for a majority of my time being alive, the Chelsea youth team um, they did not play i mean they have played they may have played a few in sanford bridge um yeah but a majority of the time they played at all uh their stadium um because just because they liked the pitch basically and it was kind of local it's kind of near cobham um which is where their training ground is and where they trained as well um so so yeah i mean and they play all their home games there um so yeah i mean i don't know one about the biggest you, examples of that
1: is... i mean as far as i'm aware united most of the time just play their games at the um our training complex to be fair they don't really play games that mm. you know um, I, I, I know one big team that um, have actually used the Youth Academy's ground this season um, was um, Real Madrid. I don't know how people could right. have watched Real Madrid this season, but you, you, probably, you probably noticed they've not been playing in the Santiago Bernabeu. Um, they've been playing in, I think it's called the Estadio. What's his name? Um, oh, what's, it's, it's, oh, what's his. Oh, I can't remember the, the Spanish player's name. What's the big Real Madrid legend? Um, Raul? No, even, even older than that. D something. The, uh, yeah, the Estadio the um, Alfredo de Stéfano. Finally ah, got it yeah, out. Yeah. So the Estadio the Estadio Alfredo de Stéfano, and um, they've been playing in this season, which for a youth academy pitch is still like an 20,000 seat stadium. So Well, that, well I mean that's where much where the B team. Short. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> obviously <laughs> the B team are playing there, and um, mm. Real's first team have been playing there while the Bernabéu has been being um, renovated, but. Yeah. I mean, mm. in terms of soccer academies, you know, you're saying you're playing at Older Shot Town. Real Madrid's youth academy are playing in a 20,000-seat stadium in Madrid. So.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, to be fair, that there is, even though Chelsea youth academy is very good and one of the best in the world, there is another level to Real Madrid youth academy. Um, so, so yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so you had the facilities and you had the training grounds and the stadiums and the, the, the loaned stadiums almost, or the joint use stadiums from the lower league teams. Yeah. Um, then obviously you had the players, so they would get scouted from a very young age. The youngest I know of is under sixes. Um, so I'm pretty sure that was roughly when Mason Mount joined. It might have been under sevens, under sixes. Um, but I'm pretty sure that's the earliest. I mean, I know you can sign from like one year old, <laughs> but it should never happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, so under sixes, and I'm pretty sure the oldest team is under 21s. I don't think you go higher than that. Um
1: Yeah, I mean, similarly to United, like. Mason Greenwood signed for us at the age of six. So I think, yeah, it pretty much is the, the top, top elite talents in the, in, in the echelons of Greenwood and mountain players like that. You're going to beat your mm. club from, you know, the age of that like, you be signed to a football club from the age of six, because you've got that talent whenever, whenever you start playing football, don't you really?
0: Mm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's always clear if you're above your age group and you can play with maybe two or three years older, then you're probably set to be a professional footballer at some point, or at least get scouted anyway. Um, so, so yeah, um, Yeah, so you've got the players, and then obviously you've got management as well. So this is the kind of confusing part, but it does make sense. So in the club, in the actual football club, you obviously have the head coach or the manager. And that manager or head coach can help out with the youth academies when they want. But the youth academy does also have a dedicated manager and head coach or or head coach. So... It's A bit of a weird one, it's a bit like a joint effort between the main under 21s, under 20s, under 19s, whatever, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, youth coach, and then the head coach of the football club. Um, so it, it's kind of mixed. Sometimes you get the same manager for the under 19s and under 18s as well. It, it's it's wh- however the club wants to manage it. Um, but yeah, and that's how that works, obviously. It's quite difficult being a youth team manager as well because you can't go and sign players either. Um, it's very, it's, it's a bit different compared to an actual head coach, club manager. Um, so you only go, you only work with what you get. It's kind of similar to international duty, except from the level is obviously you're with dealing with much younger players and you're coaching them properly rather than you know trying to set them up than tactics wise and stuff You're generally coaching them to be better players, even though I guess that is one of the aims for managers these days, but it's not the main aim. Whereas the main aim is to develop players um, oh yeah like
1: the, the the main aim is to make sure that the players that develop in youth academy play in the first team isn't it really like it's mm. the reason why I'm, I'm not sure we get into it in a minute the reason a lot of youth academies try and match the style of football in the first team so when the players mm. move up it's just a complete seamless transition from youth football to you know first team football well, isn't it
0: it's as seamless as possible yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah obviously the quality differs massively yeah but but yeah at least the system is hopefully similar um yeah so yeah yeah that's very true that's a good point um yeah, I did find it very odd when we were under Conte and we had youth teams playing five at the back and stuff. It, it did look a bit weird at all shot. So <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um,
0: but no, yeah. Uh but yeah, so yeah, I mean, I think i sent Ethan a list actually of youth clubs and youth academies that uh according the best in the world. I think it I think it's at a top 20. We probably won't say all of them. Um yeah. But yeah, I'll let him go through that.
1: I mean, going through um like just just looking at the moments of the ones that jump out, um Argentinos Juniors, um, you know, they, they, they're, they're known in, in, in Argentina as um, El Simulero. Um which so we not, probably won't know that name. The name you probably will know is Diego Maradona. That is the yeah, academy which produced players such as... Mm-hmm. I think yeah. they might know that name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they Their academy produced players such as Diego Maradona, um, Juan Román Niquelme and Esteban Cambiaso, will come from that academy. Um, the first British one I see on here, West Ham, obviously... Lampard, Joe Cole, Michael Carrick, uh, even like sort of Declan Rice. I know he came from Chelsea and then West Ham. Uh, I'm guessing. Yeah, he graduated from West Ham. Declan Ham's Rice Academy. left at
0: sixteen, I think, and then went yeah, to West Ham. Yeah. But I mean, well, Ferdinand, Joe Cole, uh, Joe Cole, yeah, exactly. Uh, Deco- yeah, Joe Cole,
1: yeah. Well, exactly. So, um, you mentioned Glenn Johnson. I didn't mention Glenn Johnson. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, 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 so, I don't think Glenn Johnson's in the same echelons as Frank Lampard, Joe Cole, or Michael Carrick. No, but, but
0: it, it is a notable player. So, well, it's yeah, a true, name that people true, know. True.
1: Um, going through Anderlecht um, company Lukaku players at that have come through that academy um, Feyenoord Van Persie Van Wijnaldum came through there
0: oh, um,
1: yeah. there you go
0: oh, I just want to mention quickly um, as well at Feyenoord in 2014 they had yeah. 11 graduates graduates even at the World Cup so um, that's a mental stat for, for a single youth if, academy
1: if, if anyone's not aware Matt did train with Feyenoord hence why he loves them
0: oh, I mean in Holland yeah, yeah. so in, yeah. in, in, Love in Holland <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah yeah That's my smallest claim to fame. Yeah, Yeah.
1: going through numerous Argentine teams, Liverpool, Boca Juniors. You know, producing players such as Crespo, Di Stefano, Tevez, Gago. Then you go to Real Madrid. You know, they've produced Marata, Casillas, Carvajal. God knows how many more. Like they all came from the youth academy. Schalke, pretty well, bit well in Germany. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, both came from that club. Southampton, A.K so um Liverpool FC's youth academy um yeah they they produce players like Luke Shaw, Phil Walker, Gareth Bale and you know numerous other teams a couple of Brazilian teams Santos produced Neymar and Pele are probably the two most well-known players from Santos. If if Um, you're going to
0: produce two players in your entire club's history that's a bloody good two players to choose isn't
1: it? Exactly and then Mm -hmm. um Sao Paulo produced players like Lucas Moura and Kaká um Sporting Lisbon produced one of the greatest players of all time um Lewis Nani uh, no sorry uh, Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> I love how you didn't um, say that for Pelo. <laughs> yeah 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 um, Bayern Munich obviously we don't Bayern have produced him Müller, Lahm Swayne Stogger, Cruz. Um, my beloved club Man United My most well known probably for the um, of the Busby Babes the 60s in the Class 92 but even now obviously players like Pogba, Rashford even Danny Welbeck is still playing Premier League football all came from United's mm. Academy yeah, um, I, I think Danny Welbeck is yeah.
0: more, probably more the same caliber as Glenn Johnson. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not uh, quite an upper level, but yeah.
1: The, yeah. The, the, the two best known academies, which which one here, um, you probably will know is Ajax. Obviously, they've produced mm. star after star after star. I mean, yeah. if re- I think, if I think history, of a,
0: the, the best youth academy in the world, I'd probably say Ajax.
1: I'd say Ajax or Barca, but I'll probably say mm. in recent history, Ajax, I think Barca's gone down in the past 10 years, maybe, or they haven't produced mm. as much talent as they'd want to, but Ajax, I mean, Recent players include Matthias DeLict, Frankie De Jong, Christian Eriksen, Justin Kluivert, like uh, even Patrick Kluivert. And obviously going back before then, like, you know, players such as Eden Van came through, Edgar Davids mm-hmm. came through, you know, absolutely the same players. And then you've got La Masia, Barcelona's academy, you know, we have to name the players, Iniesta, Xavi, Puyol, Busquets, Valdez, Messi, like that. I think, I think La Masia... If, you, if you're going up to, say, 2015, the Mazzy was the best academy, I think Ajax might have taken over in recent history just because Barca don't have that recent history of producing world-class mm. talent. Although the players they've produced, you know, such as um, Ricky Puch, um, uh, Carlos Alenia, aren't bad players. They're so just not of the of the calibre that came through as Guardiola sort of transitioned Barca into that world-beating team that he did.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I would also like to mention that the way with these players, they might have they might have not actually grown up properly in this youth academy of the clubs that we've mentioned. But a majority of them would have played at the club at 18 years old. Um, yeah. And generally speaking, that's kind of the cutoff point, at least where the player will yeah. start to not train with the first team. If Sorry, not train with the youth teams and start to get more involved and start thinking about the first team anyway. Um, yeah. So that's generally when the youth teams are separated from yeah. actual youths and just think, playing for yeah. talent and, you know... And then actually thinking about okay, I could actually be part of this first team, and it's when happened you, a few times, obviously, yeah. with younger players, especially in the Premier League. Um, I mean, every league all over. I mean, there's some some uh, some players that start for their the top flight teams at like 15 years old and stuff. It's crazy, isn't it? Well, I mean, um, yeah,
1: like, like a good example but, uh, of that. Uh, but is generally it, speaking,
0: is I'd say at least in the Premier League, it's around yeah. 18 years old. It's probably the youngest you go on average. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would like to mention Chelsea's youth academy, because even though they're probably not quite on the level of um, uh, the ones mentioned, they have produced some cracking players over the years. Um, obviously, John Terry. I mean, that's the first name that comes to mind. If you think Chelsea, you probably think John Terry or Frank Lampard. Yeah, yeah so John yeah, Terry. Yeah. Um, and then if we go into the older times, you've got Ray Wilkins, Terry Venables, Bobby Tamblins, Peter Osgood. Um, they go slightly closer. It's Carlton Cole. Carlton um, Cole. Carlton Cole. A bit earlier as well, we've got Ryan Bertrand, um, Robert Huth. And then coming earlier again, you've got Nathan Ake, Andreas Christensen, Reese James, Tammy Abraham, Calvin Hudson-Odoi, Tamori, Gilmore. Um, So, you know, so many players, especially in the recent past 20 years, I think.
1: All I was going to say is I think you're missing um, the Portsmouth born and bred uh, Mason Mount in your list of Chelsea graduates.
0: Oh, I did say Mason Mount, didn't I?
1: No, you didn't. You went through
0: all the Chelsea players apart oh, okay. from Mason Mount. Well, funny enough, Mason Mount is a person next to John Terry on my list. So that's probably why I missed him because I went, I tried to do it in chronological order apart from John Terry. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. so yeah, they are kind of just random on my on my sheet. Was, so that's probably I've, my fault. <laughs> I've always got to
1: go and throw the, throw, throw the Portsmouth lads in there. And obviously, mm. Mason Mount being born in Portsmouth, I think deserves a little shout in there.
0: Yeah, born in Portsmouth, raised in. Racing Chelsea. So. <laughs> racing <Cobham>. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so, um, I mean, also, there's a funny picture. I don't know if you, you know about this. There's a funny picture going around where it's uh, Mason Mount, Christian Pulisic, and some other ginger player. I don't know who. Um, yeah. That Christian Pulisic came there when they were about, I think, 10 or 11 years old, and he came there for mm. like a week or so and trained with the Chelsea squad, and then obviously came back. And it's just quite funny how things worked out because like,
1: they, they all don't all, remember yeah. that. Thing, is of. that the one where like, Mason Mount's got like, the old like, Justin Bieber cut? Like he's got yeah, his long, yeah, low, yeah. flowy hair, yeah,
0: yeah yeah, see, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so yeah, and back with the old Samsung kits and stuff, so, um,
1: yeah, so yeah, back, yeah, back yeah. In there.
0: Mm, it's funny to see, yeah, it's mad how that happens and it came back now, and you know, it's funny how things work out, but yeah, I mean, for example, you with Pogba, similar thing, oh, yeah, so you know, because also well, you sold him off.
1: The, the most weird thing about United Academy, so that there's the, a the, the player, I won't go into this too long, but um, you might have heard of him called uh, Ravel Morrison, um, Ravel Morrison,
0: yeah, yeah, West yeah, Popper Ravel, Popper. yeah.
1: Yeah, he's a West Ham, sorry, but also West Bond, but it might be West for a bit. anyway, mm. like strikes Ferguson basically called him the most talented footballer he'd ever like he'd ever seen, pretty yeah. much. Like he he thought he was better than Pogba, like that's how good he was. Mm-hmm. Um and the other day, obviously, his career didn't quite pan out the same as Pogba. But um, we played QPR on sorry, I uh, played Derby in a friendly the other day. Um and Ravel Morrison was actually trialling for Derby, obviously Derby being managed by uh, Wayne Rooney. So trialing. trialling, yeah, he was trialling yeah. for Derby. He spent most of last season at um, Östersunds in Sweden. That's where Ravel Morrison's currently playing in the Swedish first first tier.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's also one other part I've completely forgotten to mention is that another key factor for youth academies is their scouting system. (laughs) Yes. Um, So a head coach uh, of a a club will have scouts that come to them and say, this player, you need to sign him. You need to get him into your team and stuff. Um, So even though I said uh earlier that you don't you don't have transfers so that you can scout players into your club so for example if you're if you're scout so a manager will have loads of scouts around the country um in other countries as well not just england or wherever the country uh, wherever the club is based that that manager will have loads of scouts around and those scouts will say okay we're going to do a few training sessions a few trials that's the key thing that's what triggered me to remember um yeah a few trialing sessions and see what you guys are like and then most of the time those players are recalled two or three times then if they really like that player they will then say to their manager or their contact at the club and say this guy's good come and have a look at him that guy will then come and look and there'll be another trial for that player and then if they like him they'll probably bring him to that club and that then that's how they get into the youth academy so there's a step below the yeah. youth academies um so so yeah um and they vary the techniques vary loads because you can have scouts that come and view a player for a day and take them and you can have scouts that yeah. come and view a player for weeks maybe months at a time and decide whether to take them or not so um and it's not always good sometimes they decide not to um so, like so you, yeah
1: said, like you Matt, uh, oh yeah knowledge.
0: yeah like me yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah anyway I, that's that's all i've got to add really on this point have you got anything else
1: uh really i think it's just it's, just, it's just it's a fundamental part of football and i i, I what i would say is i, th- I think youth academies are one of the major reasons why fans fall in love with players you know players who come for youth academy and play for youth years like john terry like Ryan gigs like paul skulls players like that mm. those are the players you're like your, your players your, your fans will fall in love with the, with the superstars but they really have, have a deep like rooted like love for those players who've played mm. and come for youth academy like oh like, definitely. I, like like I love Marcus Rashford, and he like don't get me wrong. He's had a, he's not the best season of his career, but I'm always going to support him because he came from United Youth Academy. Mm. Like he's he's, yeah. he's he's a you know Manchester born lad.
0: Well, I think also, especially in today's modern game, you don't get loyalty as much. And if you have a youth yeah. player, that that screams loyalty if they're in yeah, that definitely. first team. So um yeah. you know you're way more likely to back them because they're probably more likely to stay through their entire career. So um, yeah, so so yeah, um, but yeah, definitely youth academy is one of the best parts about football, I think. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. Okay, so. Shall we wrap that up then? Think so. Yeah, so that's going to be the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Matt, the Chelsea fan, and Ethan has been the Manchester United fan. Thank you so much, Ethan. I have.
1: Thank um, you.
0: And yeah, I think next episode we might do two points, maybe three. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how we go. Um, we might do a little quick poll or something on the uh, socials to see what you guys think we should do. Well, I've, um,
1: I've got a feeling Matt next week's going to be the uh, pre-season little um, special, isn't it? Next week, you know. Well we could Let's do. It. Yeah, I was just saying, that because it will be the week weekend before the um, start of the Premier League season, so it might be worth, you worth know, having a little uh, pre-season look at transfers and all that Ooh. good stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that would be very interesting. Yeah, a hopeful XI, shall we put it. <laughs> yes,
2: yes. Yeah, 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 okay then. All right, well, anyway, thanks again, guys, and see you again next time. Bye. Say I'm no, no. Till the battles are won, till kingdom come. I'll never run. Best to give me your loyalty. there's just more pain to burn To give me a royalty, cause I'm taking the world you'll see. They'll be calling me, calling me. They'll be calling me royalty. But don't give me your loyalty.
0: podcast is just opinions of three people and sometimes a guest about football. The content of this show is provided for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended to disrupt or harm anyone in any way. You shouldn't make your own assumptions based on things that have been said in our podcast without undertaking your own research first. Any music we have used is thanks to No Copyright Sounds. You can find them on YouTube by searching NCS or going to https slash forward slash www.youtube.com forward slash user forward slash No
2: Copyright Sounds. Thanks for listening to the 3 Nil podcast. If you have enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing to our Patreon at 3 Nil podcast or following our Twitter and Instagram accounts, which are also at 3 Podcast. Thank you, and see you next week.